1: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome, Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your morning here uh, with us. As we talk sports with you, and a I love when a plan comes together. Today's guest list, very timely for a number of reasons. Uh, here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list here for today. We're going to start at uh, 1020 with Blair Kirk. Off we go to Kansas City, the Kansas City Stars, longtime columnist Blair Kirkhoff. Of course, we'll get into Patrick Mahomes as he broke the bank uh, yesterday. A story that was broken by of all people. Did you hear this one? No, I didn't. So Adam Schefter got it about, I don't know, middle of the afternoon sometime. That's where I saw it first. But there was a Chiefs fan, a woman who works at a liquor store in Kansas City, and at 1230, a representative from the Chiefs, a, a, a grunt, somebody was sent to buy a whole bunch of expensive champagne. Oh. And the person, when they came to the checkout, told the clerk, told the the woman behind the counter, that we've got a major signing to announce today, therefore that's why I have to buy all the champagne. Well, Chris Jones, you can buy that if he signs. <laughs> Uh, So she speculated and tweeted it out, and I guess a number of Chiefs fans follow her Uh and saw it, but... She, within, I don't know, a period of time, took the tweet down because she didn't want to get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Only yeah. for Schefter to tweet it a couple of hours later, and he was credited by breaking the story first, but not so fast. Adam Schefter was, of all things, just, uh, you never know, right? And good for her. She got a lot of publicity yesterday in Kansas City, and why wouldn't she? Uh, but nonetheless, Patrick Holmes is the chief. sadly, for 10 years, 12 years, uh, with uh, the two on top smoking of it. Spoken
2: like a true Broncos mm, fan. Yeah,
1: look at the guy's a beast. The guy is so good. He is so good. So fun. To watch. He's changed the position. Uh, I'm in awe watching him. And um, look, the the last how many years, whatever, since Super Bowl 32, the two of my root force held the trophy three times. So, certainly not complaining, Bronco fans, and neither none of you should be. But the, it looks like the Chiefs window is going to be open if they can continue to draft well. Uh, and spend their money wisely? Because if you're putting that much money in the quarterback, uh, that much percentage of the cap, will you be able to pay your stars once they get to that second contract?
2: You know, uh, the particulars are still, I think, being sorted out by a lot of different people. I read an article on Pro Football Focus, and one of the parts of that that I thought was really interesting When we get a couple of years deeper into this, the first couple of years really aren't a huge cap. They're very cap-friendly, you're right. Even when you get to 2025, you're thinking, all right, you're getting into the meat of the deal here. Even at that point, his percentage of the cap, if the cap continues to increase like is anticipated. Now, that's a big if, of course, with what's going on in the world. But if that does happen, it would actually be a smaller percentage than the extension that Russell Wilson signed, Hmm. than the extension that Aaron Rodgers signed. So. You get that sticker shock, you're seeing half a billion dollars upwards of that, and those kind of conversations yeah. just is absolutely mind boggling but is, then friend.
1: and a and a football player not right. a baseball player, not right. a basketball player, a football player getting paid like that good for, i mean he deserves it
2: no, no, don't, and you put it in that context though, and you look at those other extensions. I think some of that sticker shock, at least for me, wore Mm. off just seeing those numbers and seeing how they compare to a couple of those recent big contracts that have gone to court. Well, I'm
1: grateful you looked into it a little bit closer than that because I assume, like like what happened to the Seahawks, they had to cut a lot of their guys. And that's still going to happen. Sure.
2: Those rookie deals, and we've talked about this a myriad of times throughout the years, just how important they are for NFL teams and to have that quick window that you have at the beginning You can go one way and have the Patrick Mahomes and everything go great. Mm -hmm. And we saw this with Dak Prescott, and now they're getting to the back end of that with the Cowboys. There's the other side. You draft the wrong guy, and you're the Chicago yeah, Bears. Dak
1: Prescott hasn't signed yet, and what if his price tag went up uh, after what yeah. he saw Patrick Mahomes? Um, look, everybody would rather have Mahomes. Prescott's a nice player, but Patrick Mahomes is uh, elite. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk to Blair Kirkhoff on the Chiefs. Royal schedule came out. I'm sure we'll dip into that a little bit. Some Big 12 stuff as well uh, with Blair. Uh, at 1040, speaking of Big 12, Steve Prome had a Zoom teleconference yesterday. First time that he's met with the media in a while. We'll get John Walters, the voice of Iowa stayed in here at 104. Uh, to recap what was said during the press conference uh, yesterday. I'm going to need some help. As we've been saying, uh, they've got a couple of transfers. If they can get these guys, Harris uh, and Hinson, eligible, and Memphis uh, and Ole Miss, respectively, if they can get instant eligibility, if they get a waiver, then all of a sudden the uh, the Iowa State's uh, upcoming season looks a whole lot more brighter, Trenton. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, of course, Kansas is going to be there, Oklahoma State, bringing in Cunningham should be Texas Tech. You've at the top in Texas Tech that basketball program. Mm-hmm. The basketball power that they become they have. and what Beard has done it's absolutely incredible year after year. Yeah, it's going to be a tough slog though, and that is the case every single year. It seems like in the Big Twelve, last year was the first time in eight years they didn't finish as the number one team mm. at Ken Palm. It was the Big Ten a season ago, but uh, this is a conference top to bottom year after year. The double round robin that you play, Love it. you got to bring it, yep. and you got to bring it every single night. And to do that, you, know, you can get away with an eight and ten type of year if you do enough in the non conference to get an NCAA tournament bid. Is that a realistic goal? Eight wins in the Big Twelve. If, if both those if guys the eligibility if is eligible, granted, yes, I, I agree think that's with you. a realistic shot to go for. Yep. There, got to come together quickly. You need Bolton to take another step forward uh-huh. on, on the end on both ends of the floor than what we saw Solomon last year. Solomon Youngs but,
1: on campus yeah. as he's rehabbing from his injury. So I, I still like some the pieces. Jackson, I, I like yep. the pieces last year, and mm-hmm. it just it never fit together. And they got a transfer from Troy who will be eligible. Isn't it yes. Johnson Johnson Jawan yeah. Johnson yeah. who. A lot of people. I don't know anything about about him. Yeah,
2: and scored a lot of points in the Sun Belt. It's a big step up from the Sun Belt to what you're playing in the Big Twelve. But there's some buzz around him, and we will see. Pieces are there. Pieces are there. Now it needs to come together and figure out what this program is. It still feels like it's it's floating aimlessly under prom at this point. That initial wave, those four seniors that finally departed after that group moved on. You're still still waiting for him to have his Mm -hmm. stamp on the program.
1: It feels. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, Halliburton's going to go. He's going to be a lottery pick, as we know. So uh, we'll see. But I feel a lot better about Iowa State basketball uh, here, especially if we if we get the uh, uh, the news that everybody anticipates. Well, fingers crossed it's going to be good. All right, so John Walsh is at 1040. Zubin Mahente at 1105. Zubin's in the news. Yes, he is. Um, I sent this to you last night. You did, and I had not seen this, so thank you for doing that. Zubin Mahente is rumored to be uh, leaving television. For radio, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. He is going to, this is the word, um, I guess Golik and Wingo are on their last legs over yep. there? Yep, is, is coming that, to an end. Coming yes. to an end. And they're looking for a new morning show, and Keyshawn Johnson is going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Jay Williams. Oh, Jay Williams, right? Jay Former Williams. Duke point guard. Former Duke point guard, and uh, now uh, doing television. He's re- he's really good on the on the set at night um, during basketball season. And Zubin Mahente. So Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, Zubin Mahente. That is rumored to be the new ESPN morning show on the radio. Zubin's terrific on the radio. Mm-hmm. Tried to hire Zubin on the radio. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. You told you the story. It's a true story. When. Uh Peralt left and I was searching for we for somebody to work with. I'd heard Zubin do radio here. There was a period of eight months in my career that I was off the air from the time the jock went under mm-hmm. till the time the barbershop era began. <laughs> oh my god, it's another chapter, <laughs> folks. One day. Um but I s so Zubin would be filling in over here. And I always thought this guy's really talented. Yeah. You know, Jeff Kahn, he was never going to ask me to come and fill in for whatever reason, but he just didn't. Um, but Zubin was on the list of fill-ins when Kotler would go on vacation. Oh, okay. And Zubin was brilliant on the air. And I knew he loved Des Moines. I knew he really liked his time here in the mm-hmm. Midwest. Uh, and I thought, you know what, take a shot. I don't know what he's making at the ESPN, but I know he's good on the air. I wonder,
3: I just wonder,
1: if he would entertain leaving Bristol and coming back to Des Moines. So I... Reached out to him and, you know, took his temperature, kicked the tires a little bit, and he was very happy on TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Understandable. So, so we got Jim Brinson instead. <laughs> Jimmy B. Yeah, look at that. Was Behind great. door number two. Right. <laughs> the Jimmy B era. Funny story. Anyway, so Zubin will join us at 11.05. Is he or isn't he? I don't think he's going to break any news. I don't anticipate that he's going to come on here and say, yep, you guys, we were going to save this. Um, but, We're going to you know beat what? the press release from ESPN. <laughs> right. Yeah, just because you guys mean so much to me, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Um, but Zuba Mehente, 11.05, and then we'll go around the world of sports with Zuba, And I'm sure we'll bring up the Eagles, at least I will, the Eagles concert from Sunday night. wonder if they're planning on doing anything more like that in the future. Back to college basketball at 11.30 with Rob Doster of NBCSports.com. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, college basketball is entertaining... Moving the schedule forward. Dan Gavitt from the NCAA is as close to a czar of college basketball yes. as there is, right? Yes. He's
2: the guy. Highly respected yes. in a lot of different walks.
1: So if there is a you know someone in charge of college basketball at the NCAA, Dan Gavitt is the guy. He is throwing out the idea of moving up the start of college basketball by a couple of weeks. He said it's a lot to do with optics, with schools sending the students home before Thanksgiving, yep, yep, and keeping them home until after Christmas. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he used the word optics. The optics of keeping college basketball players on campus for six additional weeks mm-hmm. when no one else is there, and the reason they're not there is they're scared of the virus, right? Which I mean, who knows if it's going to? We, we don't know. We don't. But that's the that's the uh, the reasoning behind it. Get this on the because sur- he thinks they're going to have to cancel some games, so mm-hmm. he wants to get a two week head
2: start. I'm good with that. Get more games in and and go that route. Mm-hmm. I think on the surface it makes sense. So that would mean basically from Thanksgiving through January first,
1: there would be very little, if anything. Yeah, college basketball wise. I mean,
2: it would be tough to ramp back up then afterwards, mm-hmm. especially as well. You'd expect a lot of the players that would go home, but would a lot of them? New I years- don't know. You're still talking about athletes, mm-hmm. and, and you know, hearing about the summers of a lot of the college football players, not a lot of them went home. Spencer Petras didn't go back to California. He was still working out. Amir Smith-Marset at Iowa, he was, instead of going back to Jersey, he stayed in Iowa City after classes were shut down, and I'm going to guess those guys weren't alone. Same thing for college basketball. You know you're going to be coming back in four, five, six weeks, no. whatever it turns out to be. If you're Luca Garza, you going back to D.C.? You're just going to keep working out in Iowa City. And that's and, what he's done. And yeah. keep doing your thing inside the place that you live, where you have an apartment, where you have a dorm, whatever it may be, what makes more sense for them. And when twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people are, are leaving campus, mm-hmm. well, it is a whole lot safer. I understand the optics. It is a bad look, but this is the reality. And this is the problem that I have with this idea, the idea of moving spring football, football and college football to spring. We don't know if it's going to be fine in spring. It's <laughs> just it. Yeah. We, we have no clues. So you know. You're just pushing back pushing back pushing back without having an answer mm-hmm. if we had an answer we said there will be a viable vaccine january 1st okay i'm fine i get it, I get it. right but we don't have that no we don't and we're not even close to knowing for sure That that's going to be. There's a couple
1: of companies I saw. There was I saw saw on Twitter somewhere, and I clicked on the link that there's a. um, I don't remember the pharmaceutical company, but the government just spent over like I'm thinking was one point six or one point two billion dollars because they seem to be as advanced as anyone. Look, I don't blame the government for doing this. Do what you got to do. Throw money at it If, if it works. Hallelujah. Right. Uh, anyway, so, or Rob Doster, obviously we'll bring up to Pat Chambers. Uh, can he survive this or not? Mm-hmm. So Rob Doster coming in at 1130, we'll co- talk college basketball, uh, to end out the program today. Uh, we do have a major league schedule. Yes. Trent, I've been so confused how this thing is going to work out. You know, there's been so many scenarios, uh, that even before the schedule was worked, uh, was, was released yesterday, I was still under the impression that it's going to be, uh, you're going to play six games, three three home, three away, with everybody in the other division. So the American League Central is going to play six games against the National League Central. Well, that's not the case. No, no. Crossovers are different. Right. Crossovers, you get your six, but everybody else, for instance, the Twins and the Cubs play three times. Three times, yep. At Wrigley. Just one series. One series. The Cubs don't go to Target Field uh, and, and vice versa all throughout baseball. So it was fun to look at the schedule Two weeks from Thursday night, we are supposed to have baseball on our televisions with a opening day doubleheader. But I'm starting to wonder because baseball drug their feet, right? They they were they we have an agreement. Oh, we're walking away. It's not going to get done. Uh, they irreparable harm to the sport. They're talking again. Dot dot dot. I'm starting to wonder. Did they really want to do this? I'm talking about the owners. You know, I, I think... mean, how many how many mm-hmm. times can you screw up testing Trent and? Because all the other sports are getting it right, yeah. apparently, as far as we know, except baseball.
2: They're going to a lab. The lab results are delayed. They say it was because of the 4th of July holiday. Well, yeah. that's the case been a better lab. There's the 4th of July held in the NHL and the NFL and the NBA and all these other places too. And maybe if you weren't bitching and moaning about money and the back and forth and just the hideous look that the both sides really had of this, but mm. the owners at the forefront of it, instead of doing that and actually figuring out the particulars here and getting that part right, the most important part right, keeping your athletes healthy, right, finding out who is sick and keeping them away, you would have done that and would have had this done back in, I don't know, May? June? Yeah, we'd have like to have thought. And and suddenly we would have been past this Everybody, point. Trent, we, had... we were
1: supposed to have baseball this past weekend. Yes. Opening day, July fourth. Bang. Perfect. How incredible that would oh, have been amazing. and here we are. And now
2: instead of that and the great holiday it would have been with baseball, we have this. And mm-hmm. it's And then, a then we have testers love.
1: not even showing up at some camps. Yeah, what was the Angels and it was
2: a couple of them. Yeah, man. Angels were one of them and mm-hmm. I can't remember the other offhand, but Might have been the Nationals. It's I've, I've seen Sean Doolittle, who's outspoken. He's, yeah. he's one of those people. But that's all right. But he's not alone. No. And it, it's not Chris just him. Chris Bryant spoke up right. yesterday. It, a guy that doesn't exactly rock the boat, mm-hmm. Chris Bryant.
1: And he is absolutely... By I, the way, have you seen his team picture of his, his teammate at that uh, first baseman? No. it's a, I don't know who it is. He's wearing Rizzo's uniform. He has lost a ton of... Remember Cappy last week said, I think Rizzo and him work out at the same gym or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about it. You saw Anthony Rizzo, and he just cut. Just it looks unbelievable. Trent, he looks unbelievable. That's great. It really is.
2: Oh, I um, hope we get
1: this,
3: get no, it right. But too. I
2: think you bring up a fair point. Do owners really want this? I'm wondering. Are they? Yeah. Are they, Is this on purpose? Because they know that this is going to be a losing proposition for one year, mm-hmm. but in the end, it's going to be losing, and owners say, "You know what."
1: Can't get test results. Can't get testers to give tests. What can some, we do to some really piss off the players? Right, some clubhouses got the tests, no one to administer them. Well, you go ahead and do it. I'm a left fielder. Right? <laughs> you, you'll be fine. Here, just take this Q-tip, shove it way up your teammate's nose. Yeah. You'll get it figured out. I'm a catcher. Anyways, uh, Blair Kirkhoff on the other side of this break. Uh, it is time for KXNO and iHeart to help you pay your bills. We'll do this twice on our show. Uh, then Murph and Andy have it at the 3 o'clock hour. Fanatics have it a couple of times. Likewise, the morning rush. Uh, KXNO's uh, day number two of this. We'd like to have our first winner here on the sports station. KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword BANK to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win a $1,000. That's bank to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Alright, so we will talk to Blair Kirchhoff. Patrick Mahomes broke the bank. Royals have their schedule. Big 12, college sports in general. What does Blair think? We'll talk to him next. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. Meals from the heartland.org Two years. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460
3: KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.
1: All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Taking up until uh, noon here. Still to come this hour. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, will catch up with John. Uh, he was a uh, part of that Zoom call yesterday with Coach Steve Prome. Right now, Blair Kirkoff. He had a busy day. Lots of news in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes breaks the bank. The Royal schedule is out. Blair Kirkoff, Kansas City star, longtime columnist, joins us. Blair, good to catch up with you. Trenton, Ken, in Des Moines. How are you, Blair Kirkoff? I'm doing great. I hope you guys are, too. Absolutely. Well, Katie Kamlin uh, was relatively unknown when she woke up yesterday morning. Uh, what a story, the fact that this liquor store manager actually had the Patrick Mahomes scoop, first of all, even beating Adam Schefter. Uh, it was her 15 minutes of fame yesterday for Katie Camlin. That's a great story.
3: Wasn't it, wasn't it fun? I mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't think anybody who, you know... Uh, people who covered the chiefs noticed it. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, Schefter, she, the, 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 the transaction at the liquor store happened about noon. And, um, and, and then she tweeted something about it, but she didn't have, you know, she didn't, uh, tag anyone in it. It was just her friends who, who knew about it. And then after Schefter, uh, broke the news, she came back and said, Hey, I, I beat Schefter and, and did a screenshot. And, uh, uh, and that's when that's when the story really kind of blew up around here. And what a, what a fun story! Um, good for her. She actually was she, she was actually afraid as the as the afternoon unfolded that she might lose her job over it. Hmm. And she got a lot of support on social media. I imagine they sold a lot of beer out of that I liquor store bet. yesterday.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite the buzz for that liquor store, and a lot of Chiefs fans yep. I think going to be making their way uh, there going forward. The actual deal upwards of a half billion for Patrick Mahomes 12 years and the particulars still being sorted through at this point there's different elevators in there that can make it a little bit confusing I said sticker shock at the beginning when you first hear those numbers but diving a little bit deeper look it's not team friendly it's not a rookie deal but overall this is not some kind of death nail that's going to put doesn't feel like the Chiefs in salary cap hell for the next 12
3: years. Yeah not like um, you know not like it has like it's happened to other teams mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of flexibility built into this uh, to this contract and even especially in the early years where the Chiefs still have some decisions to make on some other players and not just this year, but in the next couple of years. Um, the one thing we've known about Patrick Mahomes in the, in the three years he's been in Kansas city is that he is, he is all about keeping this team competitive and keeping good players around them and, um, and and he wasn't going to do in his in his folks uh, Lee Steinberg they were going to do anything to change that so there's there you know, th- yeah it's a big number and it's different than you know the 503 million there's a lot of you know eyeballs raised at that number and it's correctly billed as the richest contract in in, in pro sports history and all that but it's different in that you know it, 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 with NFL contracts how much is guaranteed when's it going to get paid when's the flexibility where's the flexibility in it there are a lot of uh, you know it it, it it would take a you know probably a, a series of stories to break down it all, break down what the contract is but at the bottom line is you know he wanted to stay in Kansas city it's the length that really impressed a lot of people here not not the amount but the length that you know it's essentially a 12 year deal because it just it, it tax 10 years on to the 2 years he had left on his rookie contract Keeps them in Kansas City through 2031 and through the age of 36. So that's what made the people in Kansas City so happy yesterday.
1: Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star. Blair, there was speculation that they're going to get this contract done, but they really don't have to. They can do it next year. How quiet was it kept, and how long did the process take? Were you able to uh, glean any of those answers uh, yesterday?
3: Well, the fact that the liquor store, uh, you know, right. Kirk found out about it before anybody else speaks to the quiet nature of it. Everybody knew that this was going to happen at some time. They didn't know, they didn't know the terms, but everybody knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to sign a long term, some sort of long term deal, uh, to, to stay with the Chiefs. Um, my, my thinking was they wanted to get, they wanted to get through Chris Jones,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and there's a July 15th deadline for that. Uh, and, and then they would have Mahomes done before uh, training camp, or what we think is going to be training camp, you know, in late July. Uh, that's when it would be done. Uh, but the fact that it happened the, you know, the day after the 4th of July holiday, I think that helped keep it quiet. There were mm. people, including myself, that were sort of laying low over the weekend. So um, none of it got out. And, and, and look, and quietly the chiefs blew the Mahomes family, the mom and dad into town on Sunday, and, you know, they all posed for pictures yesterday, so not even, you know, sometimes that's where news will break. You know, somebody will see, um, you know, a, a player at the airport, and it'll, it'll get out that way, but nothing like that happened, and, and, uh, and it was just a, you know, a jaw-dropping uh, moment to, to see the news break.
2: It was a decade ago that uh, we were all adding to our lexicon with the word schism and Brett Favre. We got a new one with Patrick Mahomes. What in God's name is a guarantee mechanism?
3: Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Um, you know, it's not, it, it, it doesn't equal guarantee money. I, there's a $477 equal in, guarantee, in guaranteed mechanisms. We're still, still trying to interpret that. Um, you know, football contracts are different. It, like I said earlier, you know, when we come, when we put Mahomes at the top of the list of the highest paid pro athletes, you know, above Mike Trout, above Bryce Harper, and and others, the difference in baseball is every dollar of that is guaranteed, and that's not the case with with Patrick Mahomes. One thing that was revealed yesterday is the signing bonus was only ten million dollars, and uh, and the other and again as we as I, as I said, the, there's so much flexibility built into the first three years, three and four years of this to help. The Chiefs work on deals for not only Chris Jones, but Travis Kelsey's going to want to be renegotiated. Um, you know, several other players uh, are are in line for raises and bumps, and and um, and it wouldn't have happened if we're talking about you know a forty-five to fifty million dollar you know cap fit for the for the Chiefs every year. If you just took the, the the total amount and divided it by the length of the contract, that that's just not how it's going to work. So. Um, so, guaranteed mechanism? I don't know, but I, I I think I want one. I'd like to have some guaranteed <laughs> mechanisms in my life.
1: Indeed. You know, it's uh, quite I a, um, a, I don't know, reclamation. Lee, Lee Steinberg, Mahomes' agent. I mean, as as you well know, Blurry, I mean, this guy hit rock bottom, right? His career looked to be over. And a, a few years later, here he is. His life is back together, and he has just orchestrated, if you will, uh, the richest contract in sports history. That That's quite a story. It is.
3: And, and that was the other reaction that I thought, you know, we were an engaging reaction yesterday on social media. And uh, and, and what, one thing that we, we, we learned was other agents felt good for Lee Steinberg. I, I, we all know it's a cutthroat business, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think that he there's an appreciation for him and his pioneer work in the industry that I, I think agents understand that he, you know, he really did lead the way for, for some, some of the bigger contracts that, that we see in sports. And people were happy for him. I, that that was cool to see. And um, and and he's been look. It, it sometimes it's tough for for us in the media to, to work with agents. That hasn't been the case with him. Now we'd love to have gotten a little tip off uh, on <laughs> right. this news that uh, that we didn't get. But now he, you know, what other, you know, after all this was said and done, after announcements were made, they even even his company tweeted out the amount and and in uh, terms of the deal. So that was I was pretty impressed by that and and, um, and, and you know he's going he, to if he gets no other player under contract he's going to die a happy man a very successful sports agent
2: yeah definitely looking good in that realm, docking with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City star Blair uh, the other component of this there's always a trickle down effect when you're talking about contracts and a salary cap organization and uh, that's the case here. what's this mean for Chris Jones both in the interim and long term his future in Kansas City?
3: Well, he actually had a comment on, on social media himself, you know, basically saying, uh, you know, the, the time is now, words to that effect. I, I, do think that that's, that is the next big thing for the Chiefs is to, to try to get something done for Chris Jones. They, the, the Chiefs have made it clear that they want to keep him. He's made it clear that he thinks he's worth $20 million a year, uh, some kind of deal in, in that, in that, uh, in that neighborhood, $20, $21 million. Um, it, the, the question now becomes do the Chiefs believe that he's worth that much over a four or five year period and, and with Chris Jones as it is with a lot of players like that how much is the guaranteed money and where that guaranteed money would be placed in a, you know in a four or five year deal um he's still young um and, and he, he, you know he was a pretty important part of the Chiefs Super Bowl victory they Mahomes had the big pass to Kyrie Kill and and, uh, and led the comeback on the offensive side in of the fourth quarter. But they don't win that game yeah. if Chris Jones isn't batting down passes mm-hmm. and putting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo in the fourth quarter. So the, he can play for the franchise tag, which is $16.1 million this year. And then if the Chiefs wanted to, they could um, you know, they could franchise tag him a second time. But that, I, I, that's not how the Chiefs operate. I don't think they would do that. But I think they do want him to play for the franchise tag this year um, and, and then work on a, uh, and then, or at least have this year included in part of a longer term deal.
1: Blair, we're about two, uh, two months away from the start of the NFL season. Uh, the Chiefs schedule to open things up. What do what do you, you anticipate is going to be um, the fan situation? Is it going to be up to the states? So a two parter. Kaufman will they have any fans? And then Arrowhead, which is such a huge home field advantage, that crowd is just bonkers. There's a number of stadiums in the NFL like that, but the Chiefs are you know toward the top of the list: Seattle, Green Bay, Kansas City. Um, what are they going to do fan wise? Has there been anything said as to percentage of seats that they'll be able to fill?
3: Well, there's been a lot said, but nothing, nothing decided. I, I, I don't know. I, I just read today that in, um, in Kansas City, some of the arts groups, uh, the opera, the symphony, uh, outdoor theaters, they all canceled their fall schedules and nothing, uh, nothing, uh, will be uh, from an arts festival, uh, standpoint will be available until January. And schools are going to have to make a, de- not just colleges, but public schools are going to have to make Decisions here in the next few weeks, and and uh, and maybe some of them are looking towards sports to see what uh, what what sports are going to do. Uh, baseball up first, or at least ML, maybe MLS up first, and then baseball in the month of July. Uh, just you know, playing in, in home stadiums and arenas. I got to be honest with you. I think when it starts, there won't be any fans in any stadium. And I think Major League Baseball will uh, will will just step forward and say that that's going to be the case we can't have it be dictated by the governor of Texas or the governor of Missouri or the governor of Minnesota. You know, I, I think it's up to major league baseball to decide whether fans are in the stands or not. And, and I think it's especially true with the NFL that uh, it's got to be a league rule. You mm-hmm. can't allow a, a team to have 50% capacity. And then uh, a, a, a team from Texas group with that. And then, it's, you know, playing a team from California or New Jersey with, with nobody in the stand. So I think it's, uh, this is where the NFL, the Major League Baseball, has to step in and and, and declare what uh, what's going to be uh, appropriate for for all the teams in the league, not just uh, not leaving it up to governors and, and local officials.
2: Couple weeks away from the start of baseball season, as we will get underway, July twenty third, twenty fourth, for the teams and the Royals. A shortened season. Hey, there's some pieces on this team, and everybody short of the Orioles last year had a stretch where they were won thirty four games or more. Over a sixty-game stretch, hey, anybody can do it. And if you're going to do it, the American League Central is certainly the division, right?
3: Yeah, there's there's that idea, you're, and you're absolutely right. The American League Central, even though the Twins and the Indians, you know, both uh, good records last year. But um, the the, uh, the the Royals are going to get back uh, Salvador Perez, who was out last year mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Tommy John surgery. Although he is one of the players uh, in quarantine right now with the COVID. They're going to get back uh, Al- Al- Alberto Mondesi, the short, ultra-talented shortstop who who was injured the, much of the end of last year and would have probably not been 100 uh, percent if the season started on time. They've, they've invested heavily in college arms in the draft over the last three years, so they've got some guys that are that are pretty ready to close to major league. I think the Royals are a team that uh, could could really. Benefit from a 60 game schedule versus 162 game schedule. They absolutely have the right attitude and approach coming into this thing. And um, and the, the, like you said, the the, the the schedule is out. The team has to play. They open a season at Cleveland. That's been a, a nightmare place for the Royals over the last few years for a lot of teams, but especially the Royals. And, and I'm going to they're going to show me something these first few games. I think they're going to put a lot of emphasis on it. And if uh, if the Royals can have some success in the first road stand they go uh, they go cleveland detroit to open the series they come back from that 500 or so i i think this is a team that might think that it's uh it's got a shot at the playoffs after losing 100 games each of the last few years
1: last thing for you blair kirkhoff uh, kansas uh, the jayhawks uh facing what five level one charges i know it's been referred to an independent uh committee who i guess is going to hand down uh, whatever their findings are how nervous should jayhawks uh, people around the program and the fan base be considering what we saw happen to Oklahoma State that they had one there's five apparently on Kansas's plate when will we know and how sure how nervous uh, should Jayhawks uh, and their fan base be
3: well, we did a we did a poll of fans uh, last month and uh, and asked them what they expected in terms of, the, of penalty and and more than half of them expected some sort of penalty and and whether it's the uh, the probation, a ban from the NCAA tournament, uh, a show cause for Bill Self. I, I think the, the fans, you know, this has been in the news long enough now where the fans, I think, have braced themselves for, for bad news. I think it's a matter of the degree of news that they're going to get and, and what, the, what comes from this independent uh, panel that, um, that that's new, uh, that, that hasn't uh, ruled on a case yet. They're in the process of ruling, on cases involving Memphis and North Carolina State right now, but Kansas has the um, uh, the most violations, the most egregious violations, and and something Kansas has done that's different than, than Memphis, NC State, and just about everybody else that's been in this position is they have fought vigorously, publicly uh, about through this. I mean they they have tangled with the NCAA publicly. They've, they've uh, you know basically they've called the NCAA's accusations. Uh, the Foundless because uh, look, they, they didn't do anything. Uh, other programs don't do is what the, the Kansas claim is. Uh, and if you if you blame shoe companies for having influence on players before they commit to a school, that everybody's guilty. That's sort of in a nutshell what the Kansas argument is. We'll see what the, we'll see how far that goes. But five level one violations has the potential for a penalty the likes of which we haven't seen in in sports since maybe since the smu death penalty in football back in the 80s so um yeah i think late 2000 or early 2021 would be the time and who knows what college basketball is going to yeah. end up looking like in the, in the covid world so um people are just really curious about how this is going to unfold
1: blair, you've been very generous with your time thank you for coming on this morning love talking to you blair we'll do it again Okay, sounds good, guys. Good to talk to you, Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star. Tunley, we'll get to John Walters on the other side of this. Good info with Blair Kirkhoff. Always a great guest. Uh, We'll come back with uh, John Walters. We'll get the latest on Iowa State. Steve Prome at the media yesterday. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State next. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get to the voice of Iowa State. He's John Walters. Uh, Steve Prom, head basketball coach at Iowa State. Met the media via Zoom yesterday to recap it and more. Who is John Walters? John, Trenton Ken, thank you for coming on, John Walters. How are you?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm doing great, guys.
1: Uh, good to talk to you, John. Well, well maybe a couple of takeaways. Well, let's start with the Bolton thing, first of all. Good for him. I thought uh, that... Um, you know the way he handled it was was just you you couldn't ask for anything more it was terrific uh the treatment that he was received was was awful uh and him for to come forward and to tell his story uh I think he gained a lot of people you know f- made fans out of a lot of people that maybe didn't know about him uh but uh, boy oh boy that would had to be tough to do and good for him for doing it
0: yeah, I, I don't think you can underestimate how tough that must be to, to reach that decision to to want to go forward and say something. Uh, and, and obviously you felt very strongly about it in the past and hadn't said anything, and I just maybe feel like Roger felt like the time was right, mm-hmm. something needed to be said, and so he did. And I thought Steve Prohm, um handled it very well, too. And um, so, you know, it, it, I, I think it's a time when student-athletes are going to want to speak out a little bit more, and I think that's good. You know, I think that um, coaches are realizing that, and times are changing, you know, and and probably in a positive way. Um, And and I think that's one of the offshoots of that is that um, all of us can get better. And uh, so I think it's important for everybody to kind of look in the mirror and say, you know, uh, this is a time when we can all grow and learn. And and I I really like what Coach Brome said about, you know, he had all these speakers lined up for when the players came back, and he just said, you know what, let's scrap that. Let's let's just listen to them. you know, mm-hmm. and get in small groups and talk. And I think that says a lot about Steve Prohm. That really hit home with me.
2: A lot of reflection for a lot of different people out there, and with it, these college athletes are finding out that they have a lot of power, a lot more power than we've ever seen before at the college level for these players and what they're able to do. We have uh, impending in the future what they're going to have for their name, image, and likeness, but just their voice and, and how they can enact change inside, not just their program, but, but nationwide. It is a powerful time to be a student athlete here across the country.
0: It is. And, and you know, when Coach Prom was hired, I interviewed him four or five years ago, whenever that was, and he talked then about you know, these players have a platform. They have an opportunity to do something with this. They're in the public light. With that comes a lot of responsibility, but also with it comes a platform where they can do good for each other and for us and and for the university and everybody, you know. And, um, you know, I think it's raised the level of awareness about that in recent weeks, and that's even a better thing. But he's certainly been aware for quite some time that, you know, part of being uh, an athlete in a college program, is that you do have that opportunity to impact things. And uh, he wants guys to understand that responsibility. And I think it's a great thing. That they're going to open up for the, all the players to be able to vote uh, yes. on the day of the election, They'll, regardless of who they're voting for, mm-hmm. just to understand the importance of that act. And so I, I think a lot of really positive things are being done.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, John. I think that, uh, that's something that maybe doesn't get the, I don't know, publicity is the right word, but uh, gets the focus on it that it should, that... that, that Sports are pausing uh, on election day, uh, which is great. College sports anyway. So, let's get to what came out of the meeting, or the uh, Zoom yesterday. We'll get to Hinson and Harris and the you know, their prospects. Boy, they're certainly fingers crossed for them. But just how they're going to handle things at the Su Cup, you know, it depends how many guys you can have in at one time. Is it going to be you know, coaches doing one player at a time. Uh, Promas you know, we went over everything. Then maybe they'll expand it to six. Then you get ten. Uh, But they'll be some learning opportunities and if it is fewer than you would normally think but these uh the, the players will be getting a lot of uh attention from that coaching staff it's going to be different
0: it will be and i think there could be some real benefits to that i do for too. this particular team with all these newcomers to get more of that one-on-one attention from the assistant coaches and then when the time's right and you know you do some of that to begin with anyway ken i mean that's something that you do kind of gradually do and then get to the team stuff but I think there'll be even more of that this time, and I thought what was interesting about what Coach Froome said was we're not going to be trying to rush that process. We're just we're at the mercy of what they tell us. So we'll just take the deck that's dealt to us, we'll, we'll deal with it, and we will, we'll go from there. And so uh, in the meantime, make the most of those one-on-one opportunities or two-on-one or whatever the case may be with those young players and try to get as much individual growth as you can. That makes a ton of sense to me, and hopefully it'll work out well for Iowa State to have that opportunity.
2: Two guys, of course, Blake Hinson, the latest coming in and an opportunity possibly to play this year. Blake Hinson from Ole Miss, Tyler Harris from Memphis. I know it's a guessing game. It felt like we talked about this all last summer. Will Rasier Bolton have an opportunity to play? Mm -hmm. We finally found out, what was that, September by the time he got official word, maybe October. I know it's a guess, John, but what are you hearing the chances we'll see Harris and Hinson on the floor this year?
0: Oh, I'd be completely guessing because I haven't heard anything. I mean, the one thing Coach Brom said was that they're further along with Harris, so they're probably going to find something out quicker on him just because he's been uh, an Iowa State player longer than Henson has, so they'll probably learn something on him sooner. I I think that if they could at least get one of those guys, it would go a long way toward improving their depth, which is getting better. You know, I was very concerned about that a few weeks ago, but if you look at it now and especially if they get one or both those guys eligible – all of a sudden, he's got quite a few options. The other thing I think, Trent, is college basketball is the one place in the world where we're trying to get older. You know, right. <laughs> everybody else <laughs> is trying to stay young. College basketball, you're constantly trying to get older. And when you bring in a Jalen Coleman Lands, who's immediately eligible, I mean, he's a, he's going to turn 24 this month. You know, um, Solomon Young is a fifth year senior. Uh, you know, George Condit and Roger Bolden's now a junior, and Trey Jackson's been in the program. So all of a sudden. You know, some of that youth that you really dealt with a year ago might not be as much of an issue this year because I think Iowa State's got a chance to put a little bit older lineup on the floor and it allows you to bring along what I think is a pretty impressive freshman class, a little bit slower, slow we'll play that a little bit, you don't have to dive right in with a bunch of freshmen on the floor at once, but I I, I think this could really help Iowa State, especially if at least one of those guys could become eligible.
1: Yeah. And the, and the Hinson situation, I mean, he brought up the flag in the state of Mississippi. Boy, I don't know how the NCAA can, can, uh, look, look at that, uh, and, and not give him a waiver, John, but we'll see. We never know what they're, what, what they're going to do. John, I, I was thinking about this coming in, uh, you know, no, not knowing, I guess, how many fans are going to be in the stands. I mean, how, how important is it for you and Eric? To hear fans, uh, you know, in as background noise for you, and then you ramp up what what you were doing, um, going to be different without, you know, having that that fan noise, I guess, in, in your headset to uh, uh, to help you, uh, you know, reach that level that it needs to be at in both Hilton Coliseum and at Jack Trice, in all likelihood.
0: Yeah, no question, no question, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a strange feeling. We we get a little bit of that when we call the spring game you know, and, and you, you don't have a huge crowd and they're all sitting on the other side of the stadium, so you're not getting a lot of crowd noise when you do that game, and it is different, and it's it does temper down your energy a little bit, I think, when you don't have that right in your ear. Um, it's going to be an adjustment process, and and you know, this is wishful thinking that, that we are able to be courtside or in the booth, you know, who knows what could happen with the announcers, Then we might have to do things remotely. Wow, never thought of, of that. Games. So, you, know, you, you know, you never know, and uh, you know, we're doing this big 12 uh, Madden tournament here. So I guess I'll get a feel for it here uh, in, in the coming week um, of, of a little bit of a sense of that, but yeah, it's going to be different for everybody, for the players, uh, for the fans that are there, for the coaches. Uh, th- there isn't really anybody that's not going to be affected by the changes. And some of them might be more subtle than others. And hopefully for us, it is just subtle changes, but um there's going to be changes.
2: How much of a football or basketball game do you call off the monitor? Are you strictly looking at the court or the field?
0: Uh, I, I check it on replays. I don't watch it live. Okay. Um, now, the one exception was the Pinstripe Bowl because they stuck us from the Yankees press <laughs> right. box uh, in their radio booth, yeah. which is behind home plate, which is mm. great for calling field goals. I could finally <laughs> tell if they were good or not good, uh, but everything else sucked. If you were, you know, if they were on the far end of the field and Rutgers had the ball at the Iowa State 10-yard line. I couldn't tell if it was a 3-yard run or a 7-yard run. Uh So I really had to use the monitor that day. But um yeah, it would not be fun to call a game off a monitor. I would hate doing that.
1: Indeed. Uh, so, John, what do you anticipate for, um, you know, the month of August? There was no spring football, obviously. Coach Campbell, all college coaches are going to get a little bit extra time uh, in the month of July. What do you think the quality of play is going to be like in week number one? Will they be able to do what they feel they
0: need to do to get ready for week one? That's a great question, and I I, I, I think – that in Iowa State's case, they might be a little bit ahead of some others because they have a veteran quarterback right. and some a lot of veteran skill players. But, you know, how many false starts are you going to have with a young offensive line? You know, how sharp can that be? Uh, are you going to be a little bit sloppier, you know, turning the ball over maybe a little bit more? You know, those are those are good questions that we're really not going to know uh, for a little while. But uh, I just can't imagine it being quite as sharp as it would be if you had had spring practice and you'd had the luxury of uh, having a normal summer and normal fall camp I, I there's a lot of things going on in the players heads too i'm sure you know and um so it's not just uh the football part of it it's life i think all of us are dealing with more stress right now than we mm. have in a long long time and so that affects everything you do uh, on a daily basis and uh I think it'll probably affect football players as well, or any athlete trying to compete. Mm. Guy used to work
1: for you by maybe getting a pretty big promotion. Zubin Mahenty is going to join us next. Maybe leaving TV for radio as the new host oh. of the morning show. How about that?
0: Well, I, I won't uh, speculate for him, but I, I I've said for many, many years, Zubin would be an unbelievable radio host. Totally agree. He would be a great yep. for the same reason you guys are. He he has, like, this uh, photographic memory. Mm-hmm. If you ask him a question, and you ask me the same question, my little <laughs> gerbil up there is spinning the wheel at about three miles an hour, and Zubin's is going at about 110. Yeah. And he just was like, it's like you're doing a Zubin search. is a Google search. You know, <laughs> you just, boom, out comes the information. And you could ask him anything, and yeah. he knows he, he is so well-versed on it. But so I think he'll be a, a – and, and very – good opinions and strong opinions i think he'll be great if that's where the direction it goes for him but he's great at everything he does so uh, i really wish him well
1: yeah i'm a big fan no doubt about it and you're right so we go around the world of sports and he has no idea where we're going to ask him and uh-huh. boom it's, it's
2: incredible. so yeah.
3: did, did, it's incredible. Did, did
2: you make that hire over there or does ray cole does he get the the benefit making the uh, call to hire zubin what 20 some years ago
0: yeah, I'd say it was a collaboration. Okay, but mostly it was Ray Cole and Al Sandabray, who was our uh, Don't know him. doing the hiring of talent at the time mm-hmm. uh, within our department. I, I think those two probably played a bigger role in it than I did. Uh, but man, I was thrilled with the hire. And uh, the more you got to know them, the more you loved them. And. Uh, I sure enjoyed my time with him. He was a tremendous guy to work with.
1: You introduced me to him in the press box at Prairie Metals. Uh, Zubin Mahente was with you one night. (laughs) Hey, John, thank you. I appreciate it. Good to catch up with you. Thank you, John. Be safe.
0: Yep, my pleasure. Thanks, guys.
1: Good to talk to you. John Welchers, uh, the voice of uh, Iowa State. Zubin Mante, the new, well, we'll see. We'll see. Good for him. If indeed this is There hasn't is, been a press release. release. There has not.
2: This came from Andrew Marchand of the mm-hmm. New York Post, who is very good in the media reporting realm. The new ESPN radio would be the morning show with Zubin and Jay Williams and Keisha Keyshawn Johnson. Yep. From, what, 5 to 9, I think, I our time, no something idea. like that. Four-hour show, too. Whew. That is a long, long haul. So Lebitard would stay. You listen to the stay. first hour
1: and the last hour,
2: In yeah. between there, you come over here and listen he, to the morning got rush. The morning rush. Lebetard would stay, but maybe an hour cut off of his show, and then Mike Greenberg would be back on radio, but doing middays is uh, the plan. Oh, that's what so Greenberg's leaving TV. Yeah, no, he'll still do get up in the morning, okay, and then would come over do middays. The afternoon, then. Oh, who's the guy that used to be uh, that does first take with Stephen A. Smith, the guy opposite the boxing guy,
1: Max? Oh, Tellerman. yeah, yeah, Ma- yeah, right. Yeah. And, and
2: opinionated, and a name that I don't know that is, apparently is hosting in the day now, would yeah, be in the afternoons. No but yeah, a far cry from the old days of ESPN Radio with the morning show with Mike and Mike and Kornheiser. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a big Kornheiser mm-hmm. fan, and
1: boy, it, it's. Things always change, right? Things have to evolve. Indeed. Azuma Mehente joins us next. Uh, Rob Doster on college basketball. Might the college basketball season be evolving as far as moving the schedule up a couple of weeks? That's on the table. We'll talk to Doster about that. Pat Chambers survived at Penn State. Well, uh, that'll be on the agenda as well. We've got another hour to go. Hope you can spend at least some of it with us. We're Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.